Shall we begin? All right, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning into last week's episode. It's been a rocky road getting this uh, YouTube channel started and getting people to tune in and download my episodes, but uh, downloads are up. Uh, my viewership on the last episode was almost at 2000. I gained about 80 subs on YouTube. So the channel is growing and I appreciate everybody who is taking the time to go on there. It's not an easy thing to do, always constantly having to bring uh, good content to you folks. Uh, last week, I took off. I didn't post anything this uh, previous week because it was Labor Day weekend. I wanted to spend some time with the family before everybody um, you know, got done for the summer and really started grinding when it came to school and uh, work. So this episode, I actually wanted to have a conversation with you guys because I was sitting and thinking about what I wanted to talk about with you folks, and it dawned on me on my way to work. And this country wasn't built for us. And when I say us, I mean people of color, whether it's black or brown, doesn't matter. Uh, prosperity in this world is not, is so uneven and so one-sided that sometimes it feels like we just keep swimming in circles and, and not gaining and going anywhere. So when this country was built, it was built off the backs of slaves. It was built off the backs of indentured servants as well. The Asians built the railroads. Um, you know, the black slaves were brought in to work the plantations and the fields. So we garnered wealth for the slave owners and we garnered wealth for the rich uh, white Europeans that came to this country and prospered off the backs of our ancestors. So the country's come a long way from what it was back in the day, but it's still not where it needs to be. Everybody can't be a millionaire. And a lot of people still hasn't come to that realization. You're always going to have the haves and the have nots. I understand that. But the prosperity levels here in this country are not what they should be. There was a really cool article that I read. Um, the guy's name is... He calls by Financial Samurai. It was an article that came out in the end of July. And it gave statistics on how many millionaires there are in America and what the numbers show between whites, Asian, black, and brown, which is Hispanic. So the chances of becoming a millionaire with a high school diploma for Asians is 6%, for uh White people, it's 5%. For Hispanics, it's only 2%. And for Black people, it's only 1%. That disparity is insane to me um, with the amount of people that we have in this country. Degrees are no better. So with associate's degree, it's 3% Asian, 7% White, 2% Hispanic, 1% Black. Now, mind you, this is a college degree. So college degrees before with an associate's degree, you should be able, you used to be able to get a decent enough job where you can make a good amount of money. Now, it, associate's degree will get you through the door, but it's not going to make you the amount of money that you would think it would make. Chances of becoming a millionaire with a bachelor's degree, and the numbers go up, but not by much. Asians is 16%. White folks is 18%. Hispanics is only 4%. Black people is only 3%. So 
the disparity is is crazy. You literally have to get a master's degree to even have a chance to get those numbers up. So for Blacks and Hispanics with a master's degree, it goes up to 11% for Hispanics and uh, 6% for Black people. For whites and Asian, those numbers are way up. It goes 38% for white people and 27% for uh, Asians. So education it seems to be the key, but at the same token, that's not necessarily true because you have a bunch of millionaires out there that a lot of them don't have a college education. They just started a business. They grounded in their work for 10, 15 years to get to where they needed to be. But as for us as minorities, we try to reach for that brass ring a lot, you know, and there's certain things that are roadblocks to us. Certain things hold us back from getting where we need to be. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's us and, and not willing to put in the work that we need to put in to get us where we need to be. Um, but the odds of being a millionaire in this country, if you are Hispanic, is 6.8%. And the odds of being a millionaire as a Black person in this country is 6.4%. Those numbers are so low compared to Asians, which is 2.3, uh, 22.3%. And for the white people, it's going to be 21.5%. So when we say we want to be rich and we say we want to be wealthy, there are some roadblocks that are in front of us that we need to learn how to get over. Now, I tell you this number is not to make an excuse as to why we're not where we want to be. A lot of the stuff falls on ourselves. You know what I mean? This country is, has gone from what it was to what it is now, where we have opportunities to make money. We have opportunities to get to that next level if we want to but we have to be willing to put in the work. The problem is, is this, I don't know if it's this particular generation. I don't want to blame an entire generation. I don't want to blame the baby boomers, uh, millennials, but it just seems like this generation here particularly wants everything that I'm handed to them on a plate. Everything's a microwave generation now. I want it now. I want it now. And it gets kind of tough when you think, have that kind of thinking and then expect things to be handed to you. We have to work for it. You know, I've been working and grinding my whole life since I was 11. My first job was bagging groceries, from bagging groceries to doing security for 12 years, protecting other people's money to actually working in the financial industry. It took time and effort to do that. And I'm proud of where I'm at. I'm proud of, of where I've come and how far I've come, but I'm going to be 42. Okay. So realistically, I need to put more, I have to put my foot in gear and get it going even more now. And it can get stressful. It can get very stressful because when you have a family, you have obligations, you have a house, you have car payments, things cost money. Um, salaries, you know, are not what they once were. If you're making $100,000 now, you know, in some situations, it's like making $50,000 because the price of everything goes up. And it's not easy for us to be able to balance those things the way we need to balance it. But realistically, the numbers say that it's just almost impossible for us as minorities to get into that upper echelon and create that generational wealth that's going to get passed down from generation to generation. So only 20% of wealth comes from inheritance. Everything else is built. Okay. So when you see the Rockefellers and you see these other conglomerates, the Waltons that own the the Walmart stores, the J.P. Morgan family. This is generational wealth. They built that generational wealth. But, but you know, 
some of it was built on monopoly, but that's a whole nother, whole nother subject. But I think they've taken away a lot of the education that they teach. They used to teach these kids in school how to balance um, home economics. They teach you how to balance a checkbook. They teach you about finance. They teach you about numbers. They don't do that anymore. They don't even teach you how to do cursive in school anymore, which is insane to me that you can't even learn how to sign your own name. So I have to teach my own kids how to sign their, their name in cursive because they don't teach it in school anymore, which I don't understand. It just seems like they're just dumbing down our kids more and more every year with education, you know, and it gets kind of frustrating because you want your kids to have a better life than you did, you know, growing up and you want them to accumulate that, accumulate that kind of wealth that you didn't have growing up and you want to leave them something, but it's hard to leave them something if you can't get to that point. And I, and I'm not complaining. I, doesn't matter to me if I'm not a millionaire or not, because I still pay my bills. I still have my house. I still have my cars. I'm still able to take vacations because I know how to budget and I know how to manage my money. But a lot of folks want that, want that life. They want to be a millionaire. They want that opportunity to go and accumulate that wealth that they can fall back on. A lot of these minorities are athletes. I mean, it's plain and simple. Basketball players, football players. A lot of these a lot of these minorities, they come out of high school, go to college, and from college, a small percentage of them, don't get me wrong, a small percentage of them get to the NBA, get to the NFL to become multimillionaires. But that education is not there, and a lot of them are broke within five years of leaving the league. This is factual. Um, so now the NFL and the NBA are teaching classes. Uh, when the rookies come in and, you know, teaching them how to – how to maximize their contracts, what to do with their money to help them put something away because these careers can be cut short in an instant. You know, the average lifespan of NFL player, it's what, three to four years? Uh, NBA player, I believe it's five years if they're good enough to be in the league. But now with all the colleges that are starting to pay out now, when they change the rules, you have these college kids now that are getting paid for their likeness um, to be used so these kids are starting to get $800,000 deals, million-dollar deals before they even touch a professional uh, court or field, which is good because, you know, they should be making something because if something happens to them, how are they going to take care of themselves when they get older? If they all they ever did was a lot of these kids go to college specifically. A lot of these athletes specifically go to college because they want to get to that next level and be an NBA player because they know the, the million-dollar deals are there. But if you get hurt in college – a lot of times that goes out the window for them. They have to build themselves back up to where they need to be. And that's where the difficulty comes in when it comes to the schools. They're, they're not teaching these kids anything about finance. Us as parents have to do a better job of teaching our kids how to budget their money, start opening accounts for these kids. It's real simple. You know what I mean? Real simple. A lot of these banks to open accounts up for these kids, start teaching them how to budget their money, start teaching them what the value of a dollar is, even though the value of a dollar seems to be going down weekly in the United States now. A million dollars is not what it used to be. So now, uh, from what I'm reading, what I understand is you literally have to have $3 million and that would equal what a million dollars was a few years ago. And that's insanity to me for it to be on the same level because of inflation, because of uh, everything going up and how expensive everything is. We need to do a better job of educating our kids on how to budget. But moving forward, I think with the way 
we have a mindset in this country about everybody wanting to be rich and everybody wanting to be a millionaire, things can become tough. We, we set expectations for ourselves that we're going to get here and we don't end up getting where we need to be. You know what I mean? Only, you know, the top 1%, you know, have that, that kind of money. And a lot of them are not even ultra wealthy. A lot of them are just rich. And I tell people all the time, there's a difference between being rich and there's a difference between being wealthy. So the guy who the NBA, like NBA players and, and the uh, NBA players and the MLB players, they're rich. These guys are, you know, signing $200 million contract deals. Those are rich, but the wealthy ones are the ones who are actually the owners. The owners are the wealthy ones. The owners are worth billions of dollars behind the scenes. They're the ones who got to, you know, pay out those contracts and they're making, that's why they're billionaires because they know how to make their money. So there's a difference between billionaire being wealthy and being rich. And a lot of people can't make that distinction. You're not wealthy because you have $15 million. You're rich. You're not wealthy. Wealthy is when you have two, $3 billion. That's wealthy. Those are ultra rich people that can afford to do whatever the hell they want to do. We need to start setting better expectations for ourselves. We don't have to be millionaires to live comfortably in this country. Okay. There are plenty of opportunities for us to make money. There's money out there for everybody. We just have to find the avenues that work for us to get there. Build a business, start small. All you have to do is go and go get it. You know, a lot of people think when it comes to building wealth, that it has to come from, you know, the lottery. Oh, I'll just, I'll play my scratch offs every day, see if I can hit. Or, you know, they want to get lucky and, like I said, become an NBA player. The percentages are this, this much. You have to be special to be into the, NFL, to the NBA or NFL, special. It doesn't work out for everybody. Um, so a lot of things are changing right now in this country where the value of our dollar is not what it used to be and things are getting harder for people to afford. The stimulus... Uh, money stopped. The unemployment money stopped. There are plenty of jobs out here for people to start working, but those jobs are not paying what they want. Had a gentleman come in the other day and tell me that he is a handyman and he was looking for an assistant. And the person that he tried to hire wanted $20 an hour to be an assistant, not doing the work, just to be an assistant. And the guy was like, I can't even afford that. And I kind of understood where he was coming from. You're an assistant. You're learning how to do this job you're essentially being an apprentice and you're asking for $20 an hour. What would you would say? I asked him, what do you feel was fair for you to pay that customer? And he said, 12, 13, that to me, that would have been fair enough because you're just learning a trade. You're, you're being an assistant. And I said, I can understand that you're learning a trade, but I said, periodically, if you guys picked up business, would you give him a race? He goes, absolutely. But I don't feel it's necessary for me to pay somebody out just starting out in a the business they know nothing about $20 an hour. It just is not financially feasible for, for employers, a lot of employers to do that. And when people say, well, they can pay me $15 an hour, or $18 an hour to do this job, like working at McDonald's or Mickey D's, those $15 an hour jobs are still there. People are not taking them. <laughs> the unemployment rate in this country is far ridiculous right now than any point that we had in a long time. Jobs are there out for you, but nobody wants to work. It's just the reality of it. Financial sector, we're shorthanded. You know what I mean? Uh, the food sector is shorthanded. People just don't want those jobs anymore, okay? People want jobs where they're going to be making $100,000 a year, 80, 70, 
you know, 100, 200. It's not reality, especially if you, you don't have the background or the education for those type of jobs. And it can get quite frustrating. It can be for some people. I started out, like I said, back in groceries and I worked my way up from $10 to where I am now. And it took, you know, it took a long time for me to get there. But a lot of that was on me. I don't blame society for where I'm at right now. That goes on my shoulders for not not putting in the work earlier and waiting till later on in life to get my stuff together to be where I am. And the reality of everybody wanting to be a millionaire, that's just it's it's not reality. You're always going to have that that inconsistency in this country, no matter what. You know, we started off, like I said, the country started off with us not in mind to be wealthy, period. We, you know, our ancestors were brought here to be worked. It, they didn't have us in mind when they wrote the Constitution. They, they didn't have us in mind when they wrote the Declaration of Independence. They didn't have us in mind, okay? We, as, as a minority, we weren't part of that, okay? And we turned that around, and we made something out of nothing. But there were instances where when we started building things of our own, they started burning them down. Look at Tulsa, you know, Black Wall Street, burn it down. Because we started building something that we didn't have to rely on them for. You know what I mean? And it scared, it scares people. When we can build generational wealth, when we can build things of our own, it makes people nervous. And for some reason, I don't know why that is. But we got to stop making excuses for ourselves too at the same time. Because there is plenty of opportunity for us to go out there and make a living and make good money and thrive. We've been thriving in this country forever and a day. My background, I'm Puerto Rican, and the atrocities that happen in, in Puerto Rico are mind-blowing, but nobody talks about it. The same way that nobody talks about a lot of the atrocities that the U.S. has done here in this country. They, you know, People want to brush it under the rug and don't want to talk about it, but I think talking about it is healthy because... Remember, whether it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago, it's still history. Anything that's history has to be spoken of, okay? History should always be remembered, whether it's good or bad. But if it's bad history, you should remember it, but it shouldn't be celebrated. It shouldn't be celebrated. And not every part of history is going to be good history, okay? We want to celebrate the achievement, the good achievements of this country, you know what I mean? But at the same time, we don't want to forget all the bad things that went on. Um, it's good to remember it, but it's not good to celebrate it. I, I, that's the best way I can put it. And we're at a point right now in this country where we're at a standstill when it comes to finances for people. It's, you know, everybody, they want to push everybody back to work. And I get it. I mean, we need to get this country working and we need to get this country going, but we have to be willing to go back out there and go make this money. The money's there available for us. You just got to be willing to go out there and get it. And what I never understood is, is a lot of these jobs, whether I think where a lot of people are getting frustrated about these jobs is, is a lot of these jobs are entry level. But when they say entry level, they're not meaning entry level. Entry level jobs should mean entry level. That means you're coming in to learn. You're coming in to learn the job. But how can you learn a job if these entry level jobs that they're offering you, they want you to have four or five years of experience doing this and doing that? That's not entry level. OK, that's you knowing the job already. So I think they need to miss stop mislabeling these jobs 
Okay. For a lot of these people that are actually trying to work and are willing to learn and wanting to go back to the workforce, but they can't get the jobs that they actually desire getting because entry level is not entry level. They want you to have three or four, but how are you supposed to get that experience if they're not giving you the opportunity to get yourself through the door to go get it? This doesn't make any sense. It's counterproductive and it doesn't help this economy when people are actually trying to get back out there to get jobs. Um, There's a lot of good jobs out there, uh, but like I said, people are not getting them. They're just not. Education is to me is a piece of paper. End of the day. I know people that have, I know a guy that had his bachelor's degree and right now he's a manager at a Burger King because the degree that he chose, he can't do anything with it. I mean, it's just as simple as that. But I know people in the corporate structure right now that their their degrees have nothing to do with the job they're doing right now. Nothing. And yet they're in the positions that they're in. And I try to tell people a lot of the times, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And this is why I tell you, never burn a bridge. I don't care if it's somebody you met 10 years ago. Never burn a bridge because you don't know where that person is going to be in five or six years that they can get you through that door. Or they can give you that opportunity if they have their own company and go, you know what? I like that guy. Or I remember that guy. He was a cool guy. Or you had a good working relationship. Never burn bridges because you just don't know how it's going to work out for you. Some people, you know, they walk across that bridge, light a match and burn it down and don't even care to look back. But then five years down the road, they're struggling. And the person that they they burned the bridge with has a multi-million dollar company that could have had a good position in because it's about who you know. Don't get me wrong. There are some jobs where you have education is key. You can't be a doctor without having an education. It's just, it's, it's folly to think otherwise. You have to have a lawyer. You just can't go and say, I'm going to be a lawyer and then just, you know, go trial a case without the bat. You have to know the laws. This is education. But certain things you like, if you start your own business, you don't need a degree for that. You can just go start your own business. There are a million different ways you can start your business and, and be legit in business. And that's a whole nother podcast that I'll do. But for this one right here, the realization is we all cannot be millionaires. No matter what these prosperity preachers tell you, okay? And when I say prosperity preachers, I'm talking about guys like Joe Osteen. I'm talking about guys like Clef Lodala that are asking parishioners for $280 so he can go get a, 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 a $60 million um, G6 or G5 so he can preach better and reach the masses better, which is, to me is ridiculous. Everybody's not meant to be rich. It's just the reality of it. If everybody was meant to be rich, our money would be worthless. Be worthless. Because where would the wealth be? You might as well be a communist country. If, if everybody's going to be living under the, everybody's going to be making the same wages, it, it just doesn't work. The economy doesn't work. Now, don't get me wrong. Trickle down economy doesn't work either. So how you know how it's supposed to be where uh, the money trickles down from the top all the way down about it. It doesn't work that way. Trickle down economics doesn't work. It hasn't worked. It won't work. Even with tax cuts that the ultra rich have gotten, it still hasn't benefited the little guy at all. But we make do what we can make do with. This is why I say and I tell people, go out there, start a business. I don't care if it's a lawn care service business. I don't care if it's a car washing business. I don't care if it's a power washing business. Go out there and start a business. Start accumulating your wealth. Start accumulating your money. Some of these businesses turn into several other businesses. They start turning the chains, cleaning companies, turning the chains. You can make your money. You just have to find your niche. 
your niche is where you have to find it to, to start accumulating wealth the way you need to accumulate wealth. Housing market is crazy right now. I would tell you to go out and go uh, buy some property, but especially here in the Carolinas, you can forget about that. The average, the average house right now over here is going to cost you about $350 and it can be a fixer upper. I mean, it can be total trash and people are going to buy it because people are moving here in droves from California. They're moving here. They're moving to Texas. Uh, they're moving anywhere where the value of the house is not the same over there in California, $2 million house over there. Same kind of house over here is only going to cost you about three, 400,000. And people are buying them without even looking at the houses because they know that they can fix them up and, and, for the value that they have. So investing in real estate is something I would tell people to do as well. But right now the market is too hot for that. It's a seller's market. You're, unless you're, unless you're, you have Buku dollars in your pocket, it's going to be almost impossible for you to do that. Uh, it's never, never an easy thing when you want to try to expand your portfolio and you can't because there's this, you can't afford to. Um, and we just have to just keep going, man. We have to keep going and keep finding ways to accumulate that wealth I have a lot of people that I know that have small businesses and people don't want to go to the small businesses because it's not name. It's not a name brand. Who cares if it's a name brand? You know, you rather go out and buy a $500 shirt instead of buying, you're still buying a, you're still buying something that's designer. It's just not by, you know, by Polo. It's not by Michael Kors. It's, it's you know, by Joe Blow, you know, from North Carolina. But he's he or she's building a brand for the future and their clothes. A lot of these people's stuff is dope. Like it, a lot of their clothes looks nice, but nobody's out there buying it. You know why? Because they don't want to wear something that's affordable. They don't want to wear something that's twenty dollars. They rather go out and look like they're rich instead of <laughs> looking, you know, and being smart about their money, and which blows my mind. If you know the rich, ultra rich people do not dress like they're rich. Do you do people not notice this? Warren Buffett has a suit. He wears a uh, you know suit like he, he just took it off of the the uh, Sears rack. He still has the same house from the 70s that he brought. You don't see Jeff Bezos walking around with gold chains and and gold necklaces on, you know, and gold earrings out of his mouth and gold teeth and grills. No, cuz he don't care about that. He don't need that for status. Look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z is worth a gazillion dollars now. Do you see Jay-Z rocking any of that stuff? No, because he doesn't have to. You don't got to fake being rich, man. And I think a lot of the problem is these cats fake being rich. They fake it till they make it. And a lot of them don't ever make it. I'm, you're never going to see me, regardless, walk around with, let's say I, I am worth a million dollars. Let's say I do get that money. You're never going to see me walking around with chains as, as big as what? For what reason? Who am I trying to impress with that? The problem is, I think... It's gotten to the point now in society where this is minority classes. A lot of this has to do with black and brown. This is a big problem in our community right now where people want to flash and dash, rock around, you know, with $700 pair of sneakers and, a, you know, a you know $300 Gucci belt. But yet you stay in the housing projects. You want to put 20 inch rims on a on a, a beat up car when you're bumping the sound system, the rust starts dropping off the car. Because you want to flash and act like you're rich. You're not rich. And I think that's the problem. Instead of putting that $700 or that, that you know, those $10,000 you spent on that Rams in an investment fund or ETFs, you decided to use that money and waste it and put it on your vehicle because you're trying to prove something to who? Nobody cares. 
a lot more people are going to show animosity towards you more than anything else because you want to flash and dash in front of their face. Your percentages of getting robbed are higher by doing that. This dude walked in, won the lottery. This dude won the lottery. He won $20,000. He brought a $20,000 gold chain, walked into a Detroit gas station and got it ripped right off his neck and got robbed. He had 20 grand he could have used to invest in something. And instead, what did he do? He wanted to show out, got a gold chain, went into the gas station with that gold chain and got it ripped off his neck and got it stolen from him. It's amazing. We're, we're society is so we're so uneducated when it comes to finances. It's it's ridiculous. That 20,000, he could have turned around and he could have flipped that 20,000 and he could have did it the right way. But he chose to do the opposite with that. And I think that's a lot of the problems a lot of people do. They want to spend money on things they can't spend money on. They want to live beyond their means. And don't get me wrong. Some people are stretched real thin because they have priorities. But it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse to buy things you don't need. If you don't need it, why do you need a 70-inch TV for? See, there's a difference between you needing it and you wanting it. Now, you wanting something, okay, that's different. But you needing something, that's totally different as well. A lot of these guys just want it. They don't need it. Okay, and it just takes away from the fact that they could be accumulating that wealth that they're not doing right now. And I think black and brown has a real issue with that. Right now, the Hispanic community is on pace, even though it's two to four percent of becoming millionaires compared to the black community, which is only one to two percent. We're two to four percent. Black community is one to two percent, really one percent is because we don't do we don't do a good enough job of keeping that wealth within our own communities. We want to, you know, go out there and spend money on things we need to spend money on. It's as simple as that. You know, you want, you rather go pay $5 for a bottle of water instead of going to your, your neighborhood local store, because, you know, he want to charge you one one fifty. you think, because, you know, he's one of your peoples, he's supposed to give it to you at a discount and, but he got bills to pay. He's got rent to pay. He's got, you know, his mortgage to pay. But you, since you mad, you just going to go over there and spend that $5 on that same uh, bottle of water because you mad about it. It don't make any sense. It's kind of productive for everybody. It's kind of productive for the whole community. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. And when people wake up and understand that, I think uh, we'll do a better job of starting to build that wealth in our communities. I mean, the, you know, the Asian folks are starting to lap us when it comes to building wealth, period. And remember, Asians include, you know, Indians, Indians are in that, <laughs> Indians and Asian, they're Asian as well. So that includes all that as well. Koreans, Chinese, Japanese, they're starting to lap us when it comes to becoming millionaires in this country, because we're not doing a good enough job of sticking together and doing the things that we need to do to get where we need to be. And there's always going to be that divide. And it's not, you can't always blame it on, can't always blame it on a man. You can't always say it's the white man that's holding you down because it's not, it's not anymore. Now, do you still have some pockets of that in this country where, yes, you're being held back? Absolutely. There are still pockets of that in this country. But is it a, a thing that happens on a daily basis? Absolutely not. Opportunity is there for you to make money. Okay. There you get million people who are made millionaires daily in this country. Daily. There are millionaires being made daily. But them keeping their wealth, that's a whole different ballgame. You can become a millionaire. You can lose that money just as quickly if you don't know what to do with that money. Most lottery winners are broke within five years as well. It's a fact. 
because they see that money, they go out and they buy the things they never had before. They just throw it away because it's YOLO. You only live once, so you're going to go out there and you're going to enjoy your life. You can enjoy your life and still not be broke. You can enjoy your life and still have money in your pocket and still create generational wealth for the next generation for your kids and your grandkids and their, and their kids. But we don't, we don't think that way. That mentality is not there. It isn't because we want to flash and dash. And I think uh, we got to the point where if we don't start educating, doing a better job of educating ourselves on how to, you know, be more financially responsible, we're never going to hit those million dollar marks. It's, it's just not going to happen. And a lot of people don't have to be millionaires to be happy. I know folks that make 100000 I know folks that make 150000 200000 and they're happy. They live a comfortable life. They, you know, they don't need the extravagance. They'll have a nice house. They'll have a nice car. They can vacation. And they're good where they are. But I know people also who make $200,000 a year. I know people who make $60,000 a year. It's not good enough for them. They want that ultra wealth. They want to be up there with the Jay-Z's and the Drake's and everything that they see on TV. That's just not true. People think because you're rich, that means you actually have that kind of money in the bank. And it's not how that works. A lot of folks don't actually have that type of cash in the account. Most of people's wealth comes from stocks in the company. So when you see guys like Jeff Bezos and you see he's worth ultra, like ultra billions of dollars, most of his money is tied up in stocks. Now, when they sell those stocks off, yes, that money can be put into their accounts. But a lot of times they leave those stocks sitting there because they accumulate interest over the years. The stock goes up, stock goes down. So they don't, a lot of these guys don't worry about that stuff. Now, when they start selling off stuff, it's because they they want some of that cash. You know, they need some of that influx of cash coming in. So they'll they'll sell off those, those shares and those stocks to get their money. But don't get mistaken, a lot of these billionaires, they don't have that kind of money in their account. It's all in stocks. It, it, they have all that money set aside somewhere or it's all in real estate. It, you know, it's, they have a diverse portfolio. And I think when you start building that, you have plenty of uh, opportunity to do that. You have plenty of opportunity to invest. You just have to find the right outlet for you to do that. And I think some people can't find that outlet that they need to do that with. But anyway, I just wanted to rant. You know, these numbers are, it's mind blowing what these numbers look like right now and, and the potential for people not to be and not to have the money that they need. It's, it's crazy how low the numbers are of millionaires of minority in this country. Just, it's insane to me. You know what I mean? The chances, the odds of just being, the odds, the odds of being a millionaire in this country, again, for Hispanics alone, it is 6.8%. The chances of, of the black community, black members becoming a millionaires is 6.4%. Those numbers are astronomically low compared to Asians, which is 22.3%, compared to whites, which is 21.5%. Those numbers are low. Like I said, we have to, we, we have to bridge that gap. Like I said, not everybody's going to be a millionaire, but we still have to, we have an opportunity to get those numbers just a bit closer if we do things and do things the right way and start teaching our kids financial responsibility, start teaching our kids how to invest, start teaching our kids what to do and, and, and what direction we can put them in so they can actually make something, have something for themselves later on. But those numbers are so low. Those numbers are so low. Like, can you just imagine that with the amount of minorities in this country between black and brown, you would think those numbers would be higher, but it's not. Always remember, this country was not built with the intent for us 
to make that kind of money. It was not built with the intent for us to create generational wealth. Okay. But we have to break that narrative. We have to break that narrative. And I think we can, if we do a better job of educating ourselves long-term financially, and we need to stop faking it till we make it. It's just physically, it's just financially irresponsible for us to do certain things that we do as a people. And this is black and brown. Don't get it twisted. You know what I mean? Don't get it twisted. It's black and brown. We, we, we play a hand in our own, in our own demise when it comes to this stuff. We walk all over each other. You know, we take from, from each other instead of trying to help build each other up in communities. And it's just, a, it, it's a circle that we repeat over and over again. If things don't change, it's, it's not, those numbers are not going to change either. Actually, get smaller. Those numbers actually get smaller if we keep going the way we're going right now. Because nobody's going to do for us what we can do for us, period. You cannot rely on somebody else to go make your money for you. You have to go out there and you have to go get it. But I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, I will be posting this this weekend. Uh, thanks for tuning in and we will see you next episode.